Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Percival, Virginia. My name is Ben Franks and I'm here with Pastor Charles Biggs. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Our question today has to do with the sermon series on Exodus and specifically looking at uh, the tabernacle. And this coming Lord's Day, we'll be looking a bit more at the priesthood in relation to that. Mm. So I'm wondering if you can just help us to get a better understanding of the connection between uh, the priesthood and the place where mm-hmm. they're working. They're working in the tabernacle, and then later that's going to be brought into the life of the temple. Um, so how can getting a deeper understanding of the Levitical priesthood uh, help us to better understand the tabernacle, the temple, and ultimately the gospel? Okay, well, that's a very good question. Well, when I think of the high priesthood, I first think of the high priest, and um, there, are, there are a few things that come to mind. And um, I, think, I think we can memorize this um, with um, remembering they all start with C. You know? There's the chosen, there's calling, uh, there's clothing, there's consecration, and then there's ultimately Christ that we want the high priest to uh, move us toward. But thinking about chosen first, the high priesthood was a, a chosen calling. It was chosen by God. Aaron and his sons were particularly chosen. We find that in Exodus 28, the beginning of 28, and that continues through 29. But they were chosen by God with a specific task of serving God um, and being God for the people uh, in many ways. So it, it, it shows the gospel uh, through that chosen calling that they had. It's also that they were uh, serving on behalf of the people um, in the presence of God. And so chosen, it's very important to emphasize that they were chosen. They didn't take it upon themselves. Aaron didn't take this task upon himself. He was chosen by God. And that reminds us that uh, Israel herself is a, is a chosen people. Um, all believers are chosen people, but especially the high priest. Um, the second is the calling. Uh, the priest had a calling. He had a vocation. And as I already have, have um, alluded to, he was to represent uh, the people before God. Um, he was to be God uh, for the people. And so in that particular calling, he was to fulfill uh, that task. And he worked in the tabernacle, which was symbolic of heaven. And so he was, if you will, a kind of God-man, uh, He was one who was um, godlike in his chosen calling position of of coming into the Holy of Holies in a way that no one else could, and that only once a year. And he he was also uh, human, man. He was a man of weakness, uh, a man of sin. He was a man who needed um, the sacrifices and gifts that he offered to God on behalf of the people. He needed that for himself. And so... He was, if you will, a kind of Old Testament uh, picture of God and man in one person. And I'll say more about that um, in a moment. But I think that that calling that he had was to think of himself as a kind of God man, a, a man who was representing God to the people and representing the people before God, especially in the place of the tabernacle. And he was the one who had exclusive rights to go into the Holy of Holies, that throne room of God here on earth, that intersection between heaven and earth, that, that, uh, that, that beginning or, or dawning um, or doorway into the new heavens and the new earth, that return to Eden. 
um, very, very fabulous place, uh, the very throne room of Yahweh, but always with blood um, in his calling. His calling was to present blood on behalf, substitutionary blood, sacrificial blood, uh, propitiation blood on behalf of the people and his own sins before Yahweh. So he would come into the special throne room in a, in, in, in a unique way. Um, third is clothing. Oh, he was clothed with glory and beauty. And he was like the tabernacle. So the person was like the place. He was to be a little picture of a God-man, if I could put it that way again, uh, with reverence, a God-man in a heavenly place. And so he was, when he entered, going into the place that he belonged. His clothing was made of glory and beauty and matched the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a place, the intersection between heaven and earth. And so um, it looked like another world. It was supposed to. It looks like heaven. And so he was a heavenly God man who would enter in on behalf of the people, united with the people by his humanity and his weakness and even his sin at this point in redemptive history. Um, but then he would return out after offering the sacrifices and gifts as the heavenly God man coming to bless the people. And so he would come out as a, um, um, as, as a representative of heaven having come out fully offered after offering up his uh, sacrifices and gifts uh, to Yahweh on behalf of the people. His clothing had other things that we can think of that we won't go into detail for time's sake, but we can think that um, we know that uh, the breast piece that uh, he wore had the 12 tribes of Israel on them to remind us that he was a heavenly God-man who, again, represented the people. Uh, the people literally we're taught in Exodus 28, at the end of Exodus 28, were on his heart, um, that he had a heart for the people, um, and he was uh, called to have a heart for God, for the people, to represent God's heart for his chosen people. Um, that, that when the sacrifices and the gifts had been offered, he would offer a benediction or a blessing. You know, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Lord, lift up his countenance on you and give you shalom. He also, if you remember, the, the special garment he wore also held the Urim and the Thummim, which was simply a way that God's word would guide the people um, uh, for special decisions uh, that were made, etc. The, the, the priest was acting as that heavenly God-man, as also the one who guided the people on, um, on behalf of, of God through his word. And so that the clothing was of glory and beauty, a heavenly uh, um, clothing. It was also a clothing to remind the people that God loved them very much and that uh, they were his, the apple of his eye, that they were his chosen, the ones on his heart at all times, and that he had called, chosen and called a representative to prove that to them, to show his love, to demonstrate his love for them, and to show that he was a gracious and merciful God um, uh, through that um, high priest. Um, and then fourth, he was consecrated. Very important, he was consecrated in a special way that represented him being set apart. Um, he was of the people and for the people, uh, but very distinct from the people. He looked differently in his clothing and garment was supposed to because he was that special, unique representative who went into the heavenly place, who was united, if you will, with, with again, with reverence to God's presence, um, the God representative, um, he was uh, consecrated by the Holy Spirit um, in order to fulfill the task, to be strengthened for the task, um, to be given admission 
um, welcome admission into the Holy of Holies without perishing um, as he strictly obeyed uh, Yahweh's guidelines. So that consecration was to remind Israel that they too had been consecrated and set apart. And the high priest was their visible representative or a visual reminder uh, for them uh, that they all were a consecrated people. So this consecration people, uh, this consecration actually would be a an early seed form of of union with this priest that the the priest wasn't just their representative they were in union with him uh by the holy spirit and that that eventually this priesthood would give way um more fully and formally to the priest um the great high priest jesus christ and so that brings us to christ i think when you go back through uh those four c's uh, perhaps it helps us to Remember that ultimately the high priest's role was to picture Christ in his person and work. So you have the first one, his chosen. You know, Jesus was chosen before the foundation of the world um, by the Father, um, willing eagerly to come and offer himself on our behalf. Um, Here I am and the children you've given me. Um, sacrifices and offerings you have not been pleased with, but a body you've given to me that you bore out my ear in order to hear, in order to obey, um, that Jesus was called. At a particular time, um, he, uh, John the Baptist uh, prepared the way for uh, Jesus Christ and said, here's the Lamb of God. And at that time, he's formally called where the Father says, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And there, um, he's clothed with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the heavens literally are torn as the Spirit, like a dove, descends upon Jesus and, and clothes him in this beautiful glory. Um, of course, the person of Jesus Christ, the, the, the God-man, the, 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 the Son of God was, was eternal with the Father, you know, equal in power and glory and always had glory and beauty. But here's his being united to humanity um, or being united to humanity in the womb of Mary, but being called specifically and consecrated by the Spirit for the mission of, um, of, of fulfilling uh, something much better greater and better than the Aaronic priesthood. And so Jesus is consecrated um, by, the, by the Spirit. He's clothed uh, with that glory spirit, and he's consecrated with the Spirit to fulfill his ministry and to bring in the kingdom. Um, then the Lord Jesus, uh, as one who is perfectly God and man, um, it fulfills that which the high priest symbolized. In that sense, he was God uh, in the flesh. Uh, John says that uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us, uh, that we beheld his glory, we saw his beauty. Um, he's full of grace and truth. Uh, Jesus was the God-man. He was that one who was united to humanity. He was humanity's representative, but he was without sin. Um, he, though, was weak, and because he united himself to humanity, he has compassion on sinners. Um, he has compassion on our weakness. Uh, our forefather, Thomas Goodwin, wrote a, uh, one of my favorite books about that uh, dear, beloved heart of Christ uh, for sinners on earth, that heart for Christ, uh, or the heart of Christ in heaven for sinners on earth. And it gets at this high priesthood. Jesus had a heart for sinners, though he was tempted in every way, and he can sympathize and be a faithful high priest. He never sinned. So he was sinless. He was um, pure. He was unspotted. And, um, and because he is God, 
Um, he lives by the power of an indestructible life. So Jesus was representative. He was high priest. Um, he was consecrated. One of the other beauties of, of, of Jesus Christ being a high priest is that when he passed into um, uh, the Holy of Holies, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4, he didn't pass into the Holy of Holies made with hands, but he passed through the heavens um, after his death, his sacrificial death, his once and for all death for sinners, his substitutionary death, the, the priest becomes the sacrifice. The sacrifice is the high priest, you know. Um, he, he passes through the heaven offering that in the presence of God, which just the Holy of Holies typified or symbolized. Um, but he passes through the heavens so that now he's enthroned in the place uh, that the ark symbolized in the Holy of Holies. He's in the heavenly Zion um, manifesting himself or ministering in the heavenly places, uh, praying for us as the high priest, offering benediction and peace with God for all who will believe, all who will come through him. And uh, that's very significant for us as we think about there's so many things I want to say more about Christ as our high priest. But let me just say how that particularly um, blesses us as his people. It reminds us that we're a chosen people. Believers are chosen in Christ and we're a chosen people. And he was chosen to be our high priest, not according to the order of Aaron, which was just temporal but according to the order of Melchizedek, an eternal one, an eternal priesthood that Aaron's priesthood just pointed upward and forward, forward and upward to. He is the one who, um, as our high priest, um, um, calls us at particular time um, in, our, um, um, in the deadness of our trespasses and sins and calls us by his power to himself. It's, it's more formally the Father calls us through Jesus Christ by the Spirit but we are called and we acknowledge him as our true and faithful high priest. Um, he's the one who clothes us in his perfect righteousness. You know, that glory and beauty of the high priest's robes were symbolic of the glory and righteous, perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, the purity, the immortality, even um, the eternality, um, the, the goodness, the beauty of Jesus Christ. And so he clothes us in that beautiful robe of righteousness um, so that in that sense, we're all high priests. We're all priests, if you will, the priesthood of all believers. And he consecrates us by his Holy Spirit, uniting us to himself, that in the same way that the Old Testament Aaronic priest represented God to the people and represented the people to God, so Jesus does the same uh, in heaven now. And in the same way that the people would have understood to some degree their union with the high priest. They would have never entered the Holy of Holies, but they entered in through the, um, through the high priest at that time. We now, though we're still on pilgrimage and still waiting the return of our high priest with his full um, extended arms of blessing to us, the full shalom peace that he's going to bring to the whole world, um, the, the, the ridding the world of sin and evil and death and everything that he's done and accomplished in his ministry, he will one day return and bless us saying well done my good and faithful servants and and say to us uh, this uh, this is the uh, the kingdom that's been prepared from you before the foundation of the world but now we're consecrated we're spirit filled and even now we're seated with him in the holy of holies uh, in heaven at the at the top of mount zion so we're united to him that union with christ was in seed form and knowing that central doctrine of Paul, that union with Christ, the importance of it now being in Christ, um, we can look back and see that that is precisely what the high priest was um, 
was was revealing to Israel was that they were in union with this heavenly God man. And so ultimately the high priest represents the heavenly God man uh, for us, uh, with us. And it reminds us if, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Yeah, it's so rich to trace the the continuity and the discontinuity, both of those themes and images mm. that that you need that even in the garden we see you need that appointed place and you need that appointed person, and the the fall is the person falling mm. from their appointment, no longer being able to come into the place, and yet God's condescension to say, "I'm going to give you another place and give you other people." who can serve in this role and and bring you that relationship between God and man together. And yet there is that lack in the Levitical priesthood, which is ultimately filled in Christ. And Amen. we see that in the, the, the author of Hebrews so beautifully that it's, it's the appointed person and the perfected person coming into the appointed and perfected mm. place, bringing us fully and finally together, God and man. So it's, it's, it's the gospel. Excellent. So thank you for that. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, you can find more resources about this and many other topics on our church website, www.katoctin.org. That's K-E-T-O-C-T-I-N. If you found this episode to be useful, then we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it with your friends. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of Shepherd's Voice.